Central Florida, have you heard? There is now a weekly gathering of like-minded individuals that will support you on this journey we call life on every level. We want you to join us for Sunday Night Church, where, through prayer treatments, powerful meditations, and music that supports each week's message, we all continue to grow, prosper, and evolve. No need to dress up. This is a come-as-you-are service where all are welcome and where we get down to the work of our souls. Sunday Night Church with Rev. Cynthia Alice Anderson this and every Sunday at 5 p.m. Located at First Unitarian Church of Orlando at 1901 East Robinson Street. Visit CynthiaAliceAnderson.com for more details. We hope to see you there, and as Rev. Cynthia Alice always says, blessings on the journey, dear friends. Welcome to the Dr. Donna Podcast, here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Innovative, evidence-based recovery that helps to identify intergenerational trauma, allowing for freedom and embracement of the healing process. Today, episode 131, How Technology Affects Each Generation, Part 1. And now your host, Dr. Donna Bevanley. And this is Dr. Donna. Welcome to my podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. And I think I have some, you know, interesting and kind of um, challenging uh, words today to offer you. And, you know, a few weeks ago, Dave, my producer, and I, we um, had a conversation about generations and how that affects, you know, how the generations affect us and each other and all that kind of deal. And, you know, what triggered it was um, a book that I have in my hand. It's called Generations, and it's by Jean M. Twenge, Ph.D. She is a professor at... Um, University of California, San Diego, I think, or San Diego State. Anyway, one of those, I, I should know that. Um, so I've been reading this book. The last time that we talked about this issue, um, it was because she had been on one of the morning uh, news shows that I was watching that day. And I was just really interested in what she was having to say. So I got the book and I, and I've been reading it. Of course, I've been jumping around because it's, it's so interesting. Uh, so I want to give her a lot of credit. I think I just want to say that I think this is one of the most important books that has been written, um, in a very long time. She's pretty brilliant. It's well documented and, even though I have my own book that I wish people would read. Um, I think this book is revolutionary. And if people read it, I think that there would be more understanding about what everybody is going through and how we could come together to help one another and maybe save the planet, save our country. I mean, I, I think it's that important. Anyway, so I want to talk about that today. And, you know, just to reflect, I, I want to say that she talks about these generations and 
the generation she calls the Gen Zs, the Millennials, the Gen Xers, the Boomers, and the Silence. And then she talks a little bit about a generation she calls the Polars, uh, who are who were under five years old when the pandemic hit and what she sees as the future based on those events. Now, you know, most of us would recognize that each generation seems to be shaped by events that occur in our lives. For instance, like, the boomers, that's my generation. Um, the events that occurred in our lives that probably impacted us and, you know, helped and helped us to develop our worldview and how we see each other was, you know, for one, we had the uh, assassinations of President Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, Martin Luther King. Um, we had the Vietnam War. We had women's rights, gay rights, civil rights. We were in a, in a generation where, uh, we also began to understand some of the power of technology. And in her book, she talks about her, in her reality, what she thinks is a major contributing factor to all of these generations that hasn't ever been there before, which is new, is technology. And that how each generation has used technology, relied on technology, you know, increased the power of technology has really had more of an effect on the generations than any of these individual events. So like in my generation, the boomers, we walked around, you know, we were just starting to have TVs. Like I had the first time I really ever saw a TV or we had one was when I was 12. And that was major technology, right? So we watched President Kennedy's funeral on TV, and we were just enwrapped by that. Um, and we also had transistor radios. <laughs> That's what we listened to music on, but we had them. And, and the silence had radio. That's what they got their information. That's how they got their information. And, you know, just to show how even radio had such an impact on a generation was Orson Welles, you know, doing the radio on the War of the Worlds. Because people didn't have any, any way to determine whether these things were true or not immediately, this War of the Worlds, you know, made people crazy. They thought it was real. And you know, some people were like going out and committing suicide and all based on this radio program. So any, I think what this means to me is that any type of technology that is not understood well by the population that, 
you know, we, we, we have, we put out there without knowing how the, how it's going to impact the population, um, is, is instrumental in determining how we see the world and how we manage ourselves in the world. So, like I said, even radio, I mean, people sitting around listening to President Roosevelt talk about the, you know, how uh, Japan attacked uh, Hawaii and what we needed to do. And people were just, you know, sitting there listening to this. And that's the only thing, the only way they knew what was happening. And when you consider how we've, you know, how much information we get all day long from all of this technology that we have. And most of the time, we don't check it out to see if this information is all true. And so like with Orson Welles and his War of the World, people jumping off buildings and, you know, thinking this was the end. They didn't have a way to check it out either. And we have a difficult way to check it out. I mean, we have so much technology that even when we're checking it out, the information we're trying to check out to see if it's real, we're we're checking it out through other technology. And we don't even really know how it, you know, whether it's real. Okay. So like if I uh, hear something on the news and I say, wow, that's really, where do I go to check that out? You know, in our world today, if I'm from a red, you know, point of view, and I'm just using that as political, because our political divisions now are, I think, what threatens us the most. Um, but if I'm a red person thinker, right, and I hear some kind of news thing that I want to check out, I'm going to Fox. If I'm a blue, you know, liberal-leaning uh person and I hear the same information from technology. I go to MSNBC and both of those are designed to manipulate my thinking into that direction for political gain. That has never happened before. Okay. I mean, it's that been happening lately, but this this idea that we are all, you know, the generations have had all these divisions because of technology. I think there's something to that, and I think, you know, her in her opinion, and I and I I believe that it's true at this point. We'll see. Huh. Uh, I might not know. I might not see because I might be, I might not be around that long to see how it's really impacted. Um, and she talked about the Gen, Gen Zers who were born between 1995 and 2012. Now, you know, these, this group, this generation, they, their idea of tech, they've had it. They've had all of this technology they've had smartphones they've had computers 
you know, they don't have to, you know, even before the pandemic, they could go outside and sit in the sun while they were in class with their iPads. Okay, so, you know, their whole reality about how to gain information, how to get educated was, you know, way different than mine. (laughs) You know, we sat in a classroom, the girls had dresses, the boys had pants. You know, I wasn't in a private school, (laughs) but that's how we had, you know, we sat quietly. Well, some of us sat quietly. Some of us were busy, you know, bothering the teachers a lot. But, you know, we sat in our classrooms and not just in elementary school, junior high, high school and college, which, you know, when you think about when I think about how many years I spend in education, you know, I have a Ph.D., that's a lot of my life that I spend in education. It was always in a classroom. Always. Now, if I remember the one day when I was at the University of Utah and I was still in, uh, I still thought I would be a creative writer. i kind of creative writer. But I still thought I'd be a creative writer. I was sitting in my poetry class. We got to go outside and sit on the lawn because it was a beautiful spring day in Salt Lake City. And it was gorgeous. It was wonderful. But it's the, I remember it because it was the only time it ever happened that we were, but the whole class was outside, not just me. We were all outside. And then that was the end of that because our professor got bombarded with seagulls and he had poop all over his head. That was the end of that. We never got to do that again. But I know that Gen Zers and you know, probably some millennials could sit outside at college while they were in class, uh, having the same lecture as the ones that were in the classroom if they even had a classroom. That's that's really remarkable. Now, when you think about how does tech, you know, what does that have to do with defining? Uh, a generation. Well, I have my opinions, and and you know, Doctor Twang has her opinions too, or Twang, whatever her name. Anyway, so in my opinion, one of the things that has impacted us the most is how we relate to each other. And I look at some of the issues that Gen Zers are having. And most of them have to do with anxiety, depression. They live with a constant state of fear. And what I notice is that they're also very lonely people. And what I mean by that is that they don't seem to have a very strong uh, support, real support group. When I say real, I say real in terms of you know, you can have a support group online. God knows there are enough groups, I'm putting air quotes around that, online that you can join and you might sit there and, you know, type away or talk away or whatever. And 
you might feel like you are part of a group, but then when you're offline, they're not there. And you realize this kind of air, I'm having, you know, air relationship with people where we're not touching, we're not hugging, we're not getting the kind of intimacy that comes with really working out face-to-face, in-person relationships. And I'm not talking about love relationships necessarily. I'm talking about friendships. I'm talking about family relationships, relationships with professors, with teachers, with people who you meet, say, on the trail. You know, I... I noticed this because I'm on trails a lot. I was on a trail Monday. Uh, this past Monday, I was on a trail for 14 miles up in the mountains. And uh, by the way, it was glorious. Um, and I go early. I, I'm at a trailhead like at 7 o'clock in the morning. So I get up early before the sun and I'm in the Northwest. So that's pretty darn early. Um, I got up and, you know, I was at the trail before seven and, uh, we're the only ones on the trail. We hiked for, well, 14 miles. So that had been about six hours because we stopped for lunch, but what I noticed was that, because this part, we were on part of the PCT, the Pacific Crest Trail, and there were eight young people that we passed on our way out. So we'd been in seven miles, and then we were on our way out. And we passed these through hikers who were all on the PCT, you know, not going through, you know, uh, California. Because Sierra Nevada, you're not going to go through there this year. But I think they probably started in Northern California. And so they'd been trucking for day after day. And uh, they were by every single one of them were hiking by themselves. Every single one of them, I am sure, had to be Gen Zers because you can't do this that fast. Unless you're very young. And also I noticed that they were young, pretty young. They went past us. We're the only ones there on the trail besides them. They were by themselves, so they were spread out. But when they would pass us, they didn't even acknowledge our presence on the trail. And, you know, I always say hello to hikers. You know, I... You know, and so I said, Oh, good morning. Nothing. Just <laughs> kept on going. Good morning. Nothing. And this was true for the guys. You know, there were two women hiking alone until we got to the last one. And uh, I think she had probably just hit the trail because she was pretty clean. So she might have picked it up where we did. But as we passed her and we were almost back to the parking lot, I said, hello, good morning. And she said, isn't it lovely? That was all. 
And I just thought, being out here in this glorious, beautiful area, you know, is amazing. So there's more of the story. So, you know, about halfway back to the car. So now we're we're passing people because no one passed us on the way and we didn't see anybody else on the way in. It's just too early. We sat down on some rocks by the trail and had our sandwiches and uh, we're sitting there eating. There were two people who, who, two hikers that also came by besides the through hikers. And they were pro, they were a little bit younger than us. I'd guess that they might have been, oh, maybe Gen X, uh, later Gen X. And they, they both stopped and started talking to us. I said, good day. It's such a beautiful day out here. They stopped and said, you're right. It's so beautiful. And did you see? And did you see? And yeah, we saw and it was, we were in a burn area that had burned like five or six years ago. And did you see that little nursery of trees over there? They're really small and really cute. And did you see those Washington lilies? They're just beautiful. And we were talking, we were interacting. And then a guy came by who was jogging, was, you know, trail running's big here. And he was probably about, oh, 60 years old. And he stopped. He was even jogging. He stopped. Hi, how are you doing? Oh, fine. Oh, it's time for lunch, huh? I mean, just in just conversation that has really no deep meaning at all. But there's this connection that happens when people interact with one another face to face that they don't get with technology. And and believe me, I think we can talk about this because I'm a therapist. I was supposed to be retired. And then the pandemic hit the next day, (laughs) the very next day. And so I was back at it and I've been back at it since I haven't, I'm semi-retired or I wouldn't be on a hike but I'm semi-retired. And so I've been doing it by Zoom. I've been doing it through telehealth, um, doing sessions through telehealth. And it's a different experience. I mean, I've worked with people that I've never sat in the same room with, except on telehealth. Uh, Dave, who's, you know, I feel close to and I've really grown to care about a lot. And he's my producer. I've never sat in the same room with him. And we have conversations, you know, and probably if something happened to me or something happened to him, we'd feel bad. Not for, no, not forever, for sure. But it's like, we've never sat in the same room. So we don't even really, you know, we know what each other's faces look like. But if we saw each other in the street, we might not know each other because we don't see one another's bodies. We don't see the little, you know, micro movements that each other has when they're interacting face to face. And so, you know, there was two other people we passed on the trail that day. 
And so that's not very many in 14 miles, <laughs> but um, they were also older and they also had something to say to us. And, you know, I pay attention to these things probably because I've been a therapist for freaking ever. And, and when you're a therapist that long, you just do it. You don't think about it. You just do it. How does that feel? How does that land? Right. And it all landed wonderful. But it didn't land wonderful at all when I got ignored just for saying hello. And I thought, well, that didn't feel very good. But I was more concerned that they didn't seem to notice. They just didn't notice. And those Gen Zers, that's one of the big problems I think that they're having. And that is that they don't really spend or you all, if you're listening, you might not even be listening. Don't spend time face-to-face in the same room with one another. I mean, you might say, well, we go out clubbing and we dance. Um, how much real interaction is there when you're out on that dance floor jumping up and down with really loud music? I mean, your bodies are moving and you might be picking up cues from each other, from you, but you're not... You're not sitting down and having a, even a lightweight conversation like, oh, did you see those Washington lilies? They are absolutely stunning. I've told you something about myself when I say that, by the way. I told you about my love for flowers. I notice them. If you are, if you have your head in technology, Every day, you are not noticing the natural world. And and I think that this, you know, this goes into one of my other concerns, and that is that we have a world to save. And if you're not in touch with it, you might not even understand the nature of it. It's so, it does so much for us besides give us food. If you're in the natural world every day, if you go outside at noon, during the noon hour, for 15 minutes every day, you'll feel better. Because you will get vitamin D, which creates serotonin and melatonin in your pituitary gland. And those two things stabilize us. Stabilize our mood, stabilize our appetites, stabilize our sleep sleep programs. If you don't do that, you're you're going to have some mental health issues all by themselves. And so I'm going to talk more about this. And uh, go go outside. <laughs> Notice who's out there. What's out there? Just for a little while. 
Thank you for listening to the Dr. Donna podcast here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com slash support. The Dr. Donna Podcast is copyright 2023, Dr. Donna Bevanley, all rights reserved. Our theme music is composed by Dave Croft and used with permission. The Experience of the Soul Podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.